question. Um, he answered a question on an audio that I heard recently this past weekend. And uh, I think it's going to give us some great context to what we have read and already have discussed and talked about on previous power calls. Also on inside of the telegram, I put the full telegram inside of, I'm sorry, I put the full power calls inside of the telegram because as you guys know, YouTube two weeks ago have uh, terminated my, my uh, not terminated my channel, but kind of put me on probation, if you will. I can't post. I actually got one more day left, so we'll be back on YouTube in one more day, but I haven't been able to go live because they strike the account for something that I didn't do. Um, but it is what it is. It comes with the territory. Before we get started with the uh, the video of the day, the audio of the day, the message of the day, uh, and I do want to remind you all with this uh, audio that we're going to be listening to from the minister, please take notes. And if something stands out to you, to go ahead and be willing to share what stands out to you as well, because we want to hear from as many people as we can, because it's something that God is putting on your heart that may not be on somebody else's heart, but it may be something that they needed to hear. They just didn't hear it the way that you heard it because you're going through something different in life. Some of us are always going through something different. Also wanted to share today is Monday. What is your goal of the week? As we talk about the reality of God, what is your goal? What is something that you want to be this week? And I want you to practice making it, it is. Okay? Many of us, uh, unless we are consciously aware of it or somebody asks us to, we just let life happen to us. Especially if we got a nine to five job and we're not an entrepreneur. If you're an entrepreneur, entrepreneurship kind of within itself forces you to be creative. But oftentimes if when we have jobs, we do the same thing over and over again, Monday through Friday, we go to work, get up in the morning. We may come on the call. We're on our way to work. We at work. We come home, eat, sleep, go to bed and repeat that process. But what I want you to do, if you have not been doing this is to set a goal to bring some creativity out of your mind and work your way by the, by Sunday to bring it into existence. Because what I want to start doing is uh, on Mondays is asking y'all what did y'all accomplish last week. I want to start asking y'all what did y'all accomplish last week because we can get on here and we can talk about being gods and oh boy we the original man and man we the mother and father. But if we're not producing nothing, there ain't no power in us coming to make our heads big. But then we're not doing nothing in our life. It's not, it's not a power call if we come on here and we're getting all the knowledge, but we're not transferring the knowledge into something tangible. It said first was the word, then the word became flesh. So we got to be the same way. We come in to get the word now. We come in to learn. We're improving our knowledge. But then let's say, let's start to have some good news, man, on these Mondays where we can say, boy, I done exercised that force and power that I learned that I have. Is that cool with y'all? Let's uh, let's turn on this audio for the minutes. So I think y'all gonna like this. Here we go. 3,500 
black brothers and sisters in attendance in Oakland, California. And uh, I wanted to just briefly say that the last time I was in Oakland, I had a long talk with uh, Huey Newton, the uh, leader of the uh, Black Panther Party. And Huey is doing well and is trying to reconstruct the uh, Panther Party. This time, uh, Angela Davis spoke and uh, Eldridge Cleaver and others and uh, we had a about an hour conversation with Eldridge Cleaver and what we see happening across the country is that there is a coming together of those minds that yesterday were at odds with each other so it seems as though the 60s has taught us much and we're trying to implement the lessons of the 60s. One of the most impressive uh, sights of my uh, visit to Oakland was that our minister on the West Coast, Minister Dr. Abdul Malik Rashidin, brought up from Los Angeles, California, a group of black brothers, young men, who were derelicts. Young men who slept in the park in Los Angeles. The weather there is nice pretty much the year round. Some of the brothers just hadn't taken a bath in a long, long time. And there was one particular young man that the minister told me you could almost smell him a block away because he hadn't been bathing. But Dr. Rashidin went out in the park and stayed with those brothers and began to teach them and then I looked up and saw these brothers in Oakland clean, shining, dressed up in a suit and white shirt and a tie. And the tears came to my eyes because I could see even more clearly that though the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was absent, his message still had the same power to reach down in the mud and pick the brothers and sisters up and stand them up again. So I wanted to start tonight's class by reciting something from I believe it's the 81st chapter of the Quran. I don't have my Quran with me but that chapter is called Al-Abasa which means he frowned. And it talks about Prophet Muhammad, the son of Abdullah in Arabia, talking to a very prominent rich man. And a blind man came tapping up to Prophet Muhammad 
And Prophet Muhammad was bothered by this blind man because he was into this conversation with this rich man. And he looked at the blind man and he frowned and turned away. And when Muhammad frowned at the blind man and turned away from the blind man, Allah frowned on the prophet. And this verse was revealed. And Allah says to Prophet Muhammad in that verse, you know, why would you spend your time with those who really have no need of you when a man came seeking you who would be benefited by what you have to say and you turned away from him and you frowned. Now this is the Quran. The Bible has something similar. The Bible says it like this. Jesus had a feast and he sent out for the doctor and the doctor was busy. He sent out for the lawyer and the businessman and they both were busy. So he told his disciples, go out into the highways, into the byways and bring me the lame, the halt, the blind, the leper. They will fill up my feast. And they did. What is the moral or the lesson? Dear brothers and sisters, the nation started and was built by the most abject of our people. Yes, the people that nobody else wanted could come to Muhammad. He never would turn them down. The people that had no home, no place to go, no one to love them, no one to care about them. Yes, the prostitute, the pimp, the low life, the dope seller, the dope user, the wine drinker, the man that was so far down in the mud, nothing was looking out but his eyeballs. But that's the man that knew he needed somebody, knew she needed somebody. So they reached out for Muhammad as Muhammad reached out for them. And they came and in a matter of moments, they were cleaned up. And then when you looked at them again, you saw them clean, shining, strong, doing things that the learned had not the courage to do. Well, as it was that way in the first building of the nation, so it is in the second rebuilding of the nation. The people that are going to be the foundational stones of this rebuilding, oh, the doctor may come, the lawyer may come, the teacher may come. And what a blessing it is that such brothers and sisters come at the ground floor level. But the brother and sister who is willing to make the sacrifice even of life is the brother and sister who feel that they don't have nothing to lose. So I'm saying to the brothers of the FOI, the sisters of the MGT, and to those of you who visit with us, if you know that we are having a general meeting, Go get the brother in the mud. Go get the sister in the mud. I mean, if your friend happens to be a teacher or doctor, we don't reject anyone. But the brother and sister in the mud, that's the one 
that nine out of ten times will stand up when there's nothing there to stand on but the word. Others who are used to going in and out of fine buildings, they can't join you unless you have a fine building. Oh, I would come, but uh, there, that place, among those people, I can't come. Oh, no. But when you move up on Broadway, I shall be there. Oh, we understand. But there are some brothers and sisters that don't care where truth is. They'll go there. So I thought we would start on that note to let the brothers and sisters who feel that nobody cares, nobody loves you, nobody respects you. I want you to know how the Honorable Elijah Muhammad looks at you. And he said, and I quote, when they said to him, Muhammad, where's your God? He said, every time I look at a black man, I'm looking at God. And I don't take those words lightly. When I look at you, when I look at you, brother, I know who I'm looking at. There's no sense in me praying to God and then mistreating you. Because if I mistreat you, I'm already a mistreater of God. For the very essence of the nature of God is in you and in you. And if you doubt it, if you study that Holy Quran, the Holy Quran is an index of the nature of God. It's telling you what the nature of God is. And really, it's a key to the nature of yourself. And if you doubt that you are like the Quran describes you, brother and sister, let anybody come to you pompous and proud. And immediately you start closing off and rejecting them. Because the Quran says none comes to Allah except he comes as a servant. And none can come to you and win your love and your respect except he comes to you as a servant. They can't come to you boastful and arrogant and proud. The Quran teaches us that Allah hates any self-conceited boaster. And you know what? You do too. You may not know why people turn you off, but if they boast, if they're self-conceited, if they're arrogantly proud, it turns you off. But you love the humble. Yes, you do. And there's something about you that whether you are right yourself, you respect righteousness. You hate hypocrisy. You hate anybody. It's in you that preaches a good word and then lives totally contrary to what he preaches. You can't go for that. There's nothing in you to make you go for that. You are actually the reflection of Allah. And when you submit and we submit our will to do the will of God, and when leadership represents Allah properly, they get the good will of the people. And the goodwill of the people is the very essence of the people. And that's what Elijah Muhammad attracted from his followers. Never has there been a black man in the history of America who was able to get another black man or woman to give him all that we had.
the Honorable Elijah Muhammad got it all. That's the truth, brother. He didn't play no games, but we believed in him as the messenger of Allah, and we submitted to him and whatever he wanted for us, we gave it to him. And when white folks saw black men and women submitting to black leadership in that way, it totally threw them. Because they understand that when black men submit to black men, the end of their power over us has come. So anytime a black man rises up with good in him for us, they always try to come in between us and that leader by saying ugly things about that leadership so that you will never give your all to one from among your own kind. See, Whitey knows how to short circuit your respect and commitment. He'll say, yeah, they stealing from you. That will short circuit your respect and your commitment just so. They jive in you. See? When they start talking like this, you pull back. And the moment you pull back and you close up your support, then the enemy says, we're on the road to overcoming them. So I just thought we would start our meeting with that as a base. I would love that you love our people and love the worst of our people. I'm talking about the brother that's so messed up when you see him, you just feel that you should hurry by him. That's the brother you should stop and talk to. I met one in the barbershop the other day. He's a young man, but he's a derelict. And I'm going after that young man because I know if we can scoop him up out of the mud, he'll be a strong soldier once his mind is turned on right. And that's what every FOI, I want us to go like we did when the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was here. Go after the little man in the mud. The intellectuals of our people, they're going to come. When they see masses coming, they can't help themselves. They'll come too. And remember last week we talked about the colt and the donkey. The colt is in here tonight, and the donkey is too. Meaning the young intellectuals and the young unlearned We'll walk together to build a nation for ourselves. Now, program and position from Message to the Black Men. You have your books? It's on page 161. Yes, sir? Certainly, certainly. One is, uh, and I don't know if this is a question, but a statement that I don't clearly understand this particular point. And uh, what I don't understand is the statement. Now, we went from uh, the very beginning, who is God, 
say that there is a, an old saying that truth is stranger than fiction. Some of our people would rather believe that a spirit created the heavens and the earth rather than to believe that man is capable of doing this that has been ascribed or given to a spirit or non-entity. Now there are many things that has, have been said in the statement that you made that we could take the whole night on. And what I would like to do is pick up on it and give you germs of thought on it and then deal with it in a total subject. Because if we have misunderstood God all these years, we can't say we're going to understand God in a day. But the key to understanding the reality of the divine being is understanding the reality of yourself. Now, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad in telling us that Allah, God, is a man, that puts him on the outside of the whole Islamic world. 
Because the whole Islamic world believes that God is a spirit. Now let's put this up on the board. All right, y'all, get ready. Get your no-pass out. Or they say God is a supreme force. But there is no force that we know of in the universe that doesn't have behind it intelligence. Electricity is a force, but it's not intelligent. So we just can't say that the, that the universe was created by a force and leave it like that because there's too much intelligence in the design and order of the universe to say that it was just a force that created it, but forces don't have intelligence. So it must be something that is force, all right, but a force that is governed and guided by intelligence. All right, so we got intelligence here. Now, look, brothers, sisters, the prophets say they heard God speaking to them in their ear. What force do you know of that speaks? Come on. Do you know any force, name any force that you study in physics, chemistry, any force in the universe that com communicates words in a language in the ear of men? Can you name one? No, you can't. So if the prophet said they heard God's voice, what force has a voice? A voice speaking words in a language that the prophets understood. God didn't present himself to all of the prophets, but he communicated with them through what they call dreams, visions, and they heard his voice. But only one prophet in the scripture says he saw God face to face. And God spoke to him out of his mouth. That's Moses. Abraham did say he saw him. Yeah. Yeah. Now, If we want to understand the reality of God, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that we live in a material universe. And God would have no pleasure in creating a material universe if he himself were nothing of matter. Everything that he created, you see. And there are things that he created that you don't see, but nothing that he created is 
outside of matter. Spirit and energy is wrapped up in matter. Even down to the very most intense light. They say it's a wave, but that wave is also matter and energy. Oh, right. <laughs> Even when they put an X-ray, which is a, which is a, a we would say a lower form of light than laser, <clears throat> but the X-ray passes through you. But the X-ray still is matter. That's right. Now, if this is so, then. If Master Farad Muhammad was born of a woman, how could he be God? But the Christians teach that Jesus was born of a woman. Yes, they do. And they say that Jesus lived like ordinary men and then grew to become God and all in heavens, uh, all the powers in the heavens and earth were turned over to Jesus so that Jesus became the Christ, which means true God, true man. That's Christian teaching. But when you tell the Christian that God is a man, he don't want to hear it, but yet Jesus was a man. Before and after his resurrection, Jesus was man. All right? Now, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, the brain of man is infinite. The brain of man is infinite. Whatever you can conceive in your mind, you actually have the ability to bring it into reality if you can conceive it. Now, if the brain of man is unlimited and whatever he can perceive and conceive, he has the ability to bring it into reality. And you have to admit that we are living under an inferior, uh, we say, mind. We're not living when man is at his best you are looking at man at his worst. Look at this now. You are nowhere near what you are by nature. You have not accomplished not one atom's weight of your potential. The white man who is a Johnny come lately. Now listen to this brother. If you believe that the white man is a new man on our planet. And we studied that in the teachings of Aunt Elijah Muhammad on the making of the white man. He's a new man. His own scholars and scientists bear witness that he's new. His own geneticists, biologists bear witness that white people cannot produce black. But they also bear witness that black is the foundation upon which all human beings uh, have come into existence. If that is true, then how could the white man rule except you slept? Since two things can't occupy the same space at the same time, God gives you a sign in the night and the day. 
that when day comes, night goes. When night comes, day goes. That is to tell you in one essence that when evil rules, righteousness does not hold sway. But when right and light come back to power, evil, wickedness must vanish. So if the black man is the original man, and we bear witness that he is the original man, and he was in the beginning the first ruler and the builder of civilization, but he's not ruling now and he's not building now. Well, what happened to the wisdom that he used to build superior civilization to the civilization that white folks have put on the planet that we are now living under? Where's the knowledge that he used to embalm the dead? to make them last for thousands of years looking the same way they looked when they, were di when they died. Where's that knowledge? Where's the knowledge that made them to put paint on the inside of the pyramids and that paint thousands of years later looks just as fresh as the day it was painted? What chemistry did they have? What mathematics did they have? What science did they have to put blocks of stone that weigh 10 and 20 tons, some of it. Stack it on top of each other with no mortar in between, but air couldn't get through. What knowledge of astronomy did they have to build such magnificent building called the first wonder of this world, which means that the white man wonders how it was done. You understand? Now look. If he's such a scholar, brother, and such a scientist, and he does not now have the knowledge of the pyramids, and does not have the knowledge of ancient civilizations of our fathers that lie buried under the sands and the jungles of what is called Africa, that are being unearthed today to show that the black man had superior civilization before the white man was even a thought in the mind of his father. Where is that knowledge now? And if that knowledge was so high and an inferior man is coming to rule, he's coming to rule with an inferior knowledge. And that inferior knowledge is to put a ceiling on your growth and your development. This is why, to my dear Masonic brethren and Shriners, which is not disrespectful because we always honor and respect wisdom, and our brothers in the Shrine are very, very wise. And when we meet a brother of such caliber of wisdom, we bow in honor of that wisdom. But look, the sign is given to you that the ruffians took the man that had the, the architectural genius, the knowledge of how to build Solomon's temple, and they hit him in the head. And they buried him in a shallow grave. That is to say, he's not dead too deep. He's in a shallow grave, but a sprig of Cassius, a little green is coming up out of the grave to show that, yeah, there's still some life in him. But you've got to have the right knowledge to pull him up out of that grave. And when you pull him up in his head, 
is the wisdom to build the superior temple. And it's not talking about a temple of stone. Jesus hinted at it when he said the kingdom of heaven is within you. It's innately a part of your nature. The absolute divine wisdom of the creator sleeps in you. And white folks know this. Now I'm going to say something from the Bible. I didn't mean to get off into this. Oh, brother. But Brother LeVon, see, you are such a good student. Yes, sir. You just bring the best out of other students by your good questions. Now, my dear brothers and sisters, this world of the white man is styled in the scripture as death. They function all right in it, but you can't. Look. Did you read in Message to the Black Man where the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that the white man came in in a vacuum in our history? What is a vacuum? Come on now, you students of physics. A vacuum is that which is absent of air, of water, of life. Huh? They do experiments today with electricity in a vacuum. I won't go into the technical uh, engineering methods that I have been blessed to, to study which bear witness to the messenger's teaching, but that, that we can get at another time. But the point is, this period of the white rule we say 6,000 years. It's called a vacuum. I think that's spelled right. Is it V-A-C-C-U-U-M? Okay. Is it V-A-C-1-C? Thank you. And you gotta help me. <laughs> now, in a vacuum, there's no life. So if this world is called death, who is it death to? Since the white man himself is the ruler in the vacuum, this is his environment. He thrives in the environment of the vacuum, but you can't because there's no atmosphere. And what is the atmosphere in a, uh, uh, that, that, that takes it out of a vacuum state? You must have air and water. And air means inspiration. Water means divine wisdom. And as long as you are deprived of the water of divine life, divine truth, divine wisdom, you die as a serious mind to contend with death or with the white man's work. He kills in you your ability to rise to the heights of God. That's the only way he can rule. Now look, you inhale his environment and it causes you to sleep because there's no spiritual life in the white man's environment for you to feed on. He gives you institutions that feed you death. So you die as a mind. 
in the vacuum. You have never looked in the mirror and actually seen yourself. And that's why you don't have no love for you because you don't know nothing that a black man ever did that's worthy of respect or honor, much less to dare to say that a black man is God. That blows your mind totally out because every black man you've ever seen has been nothing. And even if he does something, your mind has been trained to suspect what he does. So even when he does something of value, you say that nigga ain't doing nothing. You've heard it said if a black man is selling oil and a white man is selling oil, we always think that the white man's oil heats better. If a black man is selling ice and a white man's selling ice, the white man's ice is colder. I mean, we actually think that black folk cannot do anything well. All right, that's a stage of death. Now, here comes Master Farad Muhammad. Now, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that Master Farad Muhammad's father was Allah before him. What does Allah mean? The Quran opens up saying, I, Allah, am the best Noah. Well, the one who is the best Noah is Allah. See? Now, look. There's no force, there's no force that you know that says it is the best knower, though knowledge is the supreme force. Is that right? But knowledge has to be contained in something. Spirits don't walk around talking and, 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 and conveying knowledge. It's a mind that contains knowledge and man is the supreme life in the universe and he's formed right after God himself. This is why the Quran says Islam is not your religion, it is your nature. It is the nature of God and the nature in which God created man. He gives you his same nature. Well if you got his same nature then you and him is the same. So you're not a child of God, you are God, a descendant of the creator himself. Now let's look at this. All right. Now it's time to get you. The time has come. All these prophets have been talking about God will come. There ain't no prophet that said God is present. They said God will come. Moses kept saying, and when he comes. Noah said, and when he comes. Lot said, and when he comes. And even Jesus said, and when he comes, the spirit of truth, he will guide you into all truth. Jesus wasn't talking about himself. He was talking about somebody that he recognized as greater than himself. David, the great prophet of Israel, looking down in the wheel of time, saw the master prophet. This is why when you call the honorable Elijah Muhammad a messenger, that's the cheapest title you could give him. Because he's not just a messenger, he's the master of all prophets. He masters what they taught. They were in darkness. They revealed words of light, but they themselves didn't understand the depth of what God had given them. But the one who comes in the last day don't come as a prophet. He comes with God. Mm, excuse me. Everything white start running, you know, when truth comes. <laughs> All right, 
Now, brothers, we're going to finish this quickly. Master Farad Muhammad, he's not on the scene. But it is written that God would come after the sheep that was lost. God would come after you. Now, he wouldn't send no prophet. He would come himself. The book says, in that day when God comes, this is the Bible, every eye shall see him. Every tongue shall be made to confess. How are you going to see something that you can't see? What do you mean? And on, in that day, when you see him, you will be like him and he will be like you. What are you talking about? That's in the Bible. See, as long as you don't see God as yourself, you won't call out of yourself your capabilities. But as long as you think that the master of the universe is some spirit out there, you will never see yourself with the capabilities and possibilities of mastering the very forces of the heavens and the earth. But you are the natural master of the forces of the universe. But you're going to have to grow into that now. All right. Now here comes God talking. It's time to go after the sheep that is lost. Where are they lost? They're lost in the West among wolves. Who lives in the West? The Caucasian. Mm. Well, anything that's jet black. If he come into that house, they'll spot him immediately. That's right. That's right. So the old Christian said, prepare me a body that I may go down. Brother, this is beautiful wisdom if you understand it. Here's a man coming that's going to judge two people. The white man and the black man. He got to judge them so he's got to have the nature of both in order to deal with both. That's right. So in order to produce one that can get among the devils, oh brother, this is something powerful. Now I'm just going to give you the example. In order to produce one that can get among the devils, he's got to find the right earth to plant his seed in. Look, there's all kind of products that a farmer can produce. You just got to know the nature, quality of the earth and the nature and quality of your seed and what you want to produce. Then you find the right earth for your seed. One thing that we have never been taught, as the Honorable Elijah Muhammad mentions it in the book on knowledge of self, the white man never wanted to teach black people the science of mating. We just lay down and have children and luck up on geniuses because we so great. Wise men study themselves. Know themselves. They say, well, I know the multiplier. Now let me study what product I want. And if I want to produce this product, then if I am the multiplier and I know what I am, then what is the multiplicand? Where will I find what I'm looking for to make my product? For instance, if I know that I'm a four and I want to produce 
produce an eight, then I've got to find a two to multiply with to produce the eight. This is called the product. This is called the multiplier. This is called the multiplicator. Is that right? Yes, All right. Well, it's the same way in mathematics it, 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 it is in life. If I know what I possess, my characteristics, my qualities, but I know what I need, then I set my sight to look for the woman that has what I'm looking for so that when I multiply with her, I'll get the product that I'm after. The wise father of Master Farad Muhammad was after a product that could get in among the devil. And the scriptures say this of him. They said he came in sinful flesh to condemn sin in the flesh. Oh, this is heavy stuff. Now look, Master Farad Muhammad, yes, a man. Born February 26, 1877. He's not the originator of the heavens and the earth. No, he wasn't here then. But he's from that same line. But his knowledge is so great that it supersedes the wisdom even of his father. Now listen to this. He was so wise, so says the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, the man pictured and extracted the language of the people on Mars. He spoke the language of the birds, talked to the wild beasts, man. He knew the language of the human family. I mean, he listened to you think. Know your thoughts. That ain't no heavy thing when you understand. That's minor stuff. But the heaviest thing is to control the, uh, the universe and master its laws and make the universe bow to his will. That's the kind of power that he had. Now he comes to North America, as the scriptures say, he came alone. And the books say he would measure the earth. Measure it and tell its measurement. And when he came, he shot to us a barrage of questions. What is the square mileage of the earth? How much is the land? How much is the water? He's running it, and we, he gives the answer. 196,940,000 square miles. That's the square miles of the earth. The water is 139,685,000 square miles, and the land is 57,255,000 square miles. He started running the circumference, the diameter, and the distance between the planets. He's telling the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, look, man, I'm the master of this. And I'm going to make you the master of this. So I'm going to give you a flag that shows a master. I don't want you to have no little jive stars and stripes. I don't want you to have no little jive rag around you. I'm giving you a flag that shows a master. I'm giving you the sun, the moon, and the star. And the only man that's qualified to wear that flag is a master. And you got to master the law that governs the universe in order to be qualified to wear the flag of the universe. But I'm going to give you that because I'm a master and I'm going to make you a master. But before I make you a master, I got to make one man among you a master. Because I'm half original now. I got a white looking face though my father's a jet black man. But I'm coming to put a black head on a black body because I'm not to be the head of that body. I am to be the head of the head of that body, but I'm not to be the head of that body. Therefore, I search among the lost founds to find me one man worthy 
and he found a little Georgia-born black man that only went to the third grade of school and he taught him three and one-half years and went away. Now, to prove that he's God, he leaves a man that ain't went to school. And the man confounds the scholars with what his teacher taught him. Look there now. To prove, look here. See? To prove that he's God. He tells little George born Elijah what was on Mars. And what is on the moon and the nature of the moon. And how the moon got to be the moon. And the Honorable Elijah Muhammad reveal it and Whitey Gordon bear witness Elijah right. Here's a little Georgia born man telling you what was coming down the pike. We couldn't even see the pike, much less what was coming. And every word that Elijah spoke is right on it. Who taught him but a master? See? Now those who say that Master Farad Muhammad is not God, then who are you worshiping? You say, I worship the true God, Allah. Well, then what has your God taught you that is superior to what that man taught Elijah? How come your scholars can't handle the followers of Elijah? How come the world couldn't deal with that man Elijah? How come the white man who is a vicious beast, brother, God raised up a little lamb in the midst of a beast and the beast couldn't eat Elijah. Who was the God shutting that man's mouth and opening the mouth of Elijah? We don't carry no guns. We were taught by Master Farad Muhammad through the messenger don't even cast so much as a pen knife. And they have attacked us and we've taken their weapons and killed them with their own weapons. What God has been with us? And to prove that God is still with us, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad has left, but he left his word with us. Now we take the same word and go right back to what the white man tore down with hypocrites among us. And we are building it back up, defying the world. God is present. And you're going to see it more and more when the devil start attacking in the future. You see that they won't be able to do nothing with Elijah Muhammad nor his followers. No, there's a God. He's present. And he got power. Now he teaches the messenger. And he puts the messenger in power over the devils. The messenger sit right over here on 48, 47 South Woodlawn. He wouldn't go to no devils. The governor called him. Mr. Muhammad, we'd like to speak to you. Say, you may come. <laughs> the president called him. Mr. Muhammad, we'd like you to be at our inauguration. Not me. I don't go to the White House. You come here. God's man. He sat there with architects. Architects telling him that I studied architecture. I'm, I'm an architect. He said, yes, but I'm the messenger of Allah. You do it the way I tell you it should be done. I know what you know not and what you know. The man, I tell you, that man Elijah Muhammad, oh, brother, the greatest black man that ever came among us. And to prove that you are God, Elijah Muhammad was made a God right in the midst of us. Oh, yeah. Oh, brother. And to prove, he's going to prove that you God. He's going to make one out of you. In spite of yourself. 
You just take his teachings and study them and see, will you not make people bow? But when they bow to you, don't you misuse them, because that's your trial. Because any man, man will bow to you if you have superior wisdom. Now I conclude this little discourse. Well, we got to get on with our class. We certainly are. Look, dear brothers and sisters. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, naturally, as a man, he got to submit to the law of death. The Holy Quran says, you know, Allah don't die. Allah don't die. But what does it mean? Since the flesh and the blood is the housing for the spirit, the flesh obeys the law. If he creates you in his nature, he bows to the same law that he created. But what is it that continues? It's to wisdom. Now what is his role? He is to make a nation out of you and me. And this nation that he makes, he's going to put his wisdom and light and knowledge in this nation and this nation is to rule forever just like a, that sun out there governs the whole universe. You are to be a spiritual son to the whole entire planet of man. And that's what the ritual of Mecca is all about. People going to Mecca of every race, every color, and every hue making circuits around the black stone. You are the black stone. You are the nation that the stone is referring to. And black, brown, red, yellow, and white are to revolve around you and take nourishment from you even as the planets take nourishment from the sun to bear witness that there is no God but Allah. And he is a man. And he came to bring out a man what is dormant in the black man to make him God again, respected, worthy, and honored. I think we call each other worthies in the high masonry. And you are to be a worthy and a grand master. You. And you too. Because the messenger says the woman is the second self of God. The second self of man. And you sisters have never known your great value to God and to the nature and power of your man. You have not known yourself. You have a better idea about your power than he has about his. But you're still a long way off, sisters, in the knowledge of yourself. But the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, when he gets finished teaching you, and this is just the beginner's course, what do you think you'll be like when the finishing school is put on you? This is the beginning course. Now, you know, dear brother uh, uh, um, Shriner, if in the shrine you get 33 degrees of a circle, that's not even enough to stand you upright. You got to have 90 degrees to make a perpendicular, right? But that's not nothing but 
a quarter of the circle. The circle is 360 degrees. Well, where's the rest of that knowledge? When you get that knowledge, you become a master of the universe. And that, my dear brothers, is what we're going to evolve to. Man is God. And every day I look at the white man, I bear witness that man is God. When I see the white man, and he's a Johnny-come-lately, and I see the marvelous things that this grafted man is doing, he's only a hint to me of what the original man can do when the original man is back to himself, and he does it naturally. That Caucasian is a monster. He's right now in the laboratories trying to create life. Yes, sir. Yes. Cloning. Well, see, hey, here's a man talking about cloning. If you got a giant over here, you just take a cell from him and you can reproduce him in totality. Well, now, if the white man can do that on such cheap level, then the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, we as a people represent God. We are the God family. Then the very nature that is in the God is also in you. That's why we should always show respect to one another. See, this is why we never understood why the Honorable Elijah Muhammad had us saying sir to one another. Sure, had us showing respect to one another. Because when God meets God, they don't come to you, hey, nigga, what's going on? We just don't talk like that to one another, brother. I know when I look at you, even though you may be far off in your actions from being the God that you are born by nature to be, nevertheless, we must respect you, not for what you are in reality, but what, I'm sorry, what you are circumstantially, but for what you are in reality. And you are God. And James in the Bible says, and I close this point off with this. He says, how can you say you love God whom you have never seen and hate your brother whom you see every day? What is James saying? When you see your brother, boy, you're looking at God. And you've been running around here trying to find a mystery God and the mystery God don't exist. It's us under the wisdom and power of the supreme being that carries out the functions of the divine supreme being. We are gods. David the psalmist says, ye are all gods, children of the most high God. So I hope that now some of this is clear, some of it is clear, at least it starts to clear up. Then we're going to take a whole lecture on it and go into the attributes and the characteristics of God as found in the Quran and the Bible and show you that these are not attributes of spirits, these are the attributes and characteristics of the divine human being. God is ever living, that's true. The nation, there's no end to us. We'll always be here. See how cells in the body die all the time, but the body continues? Every time you get in the bathtub, you see that ring around the tub? That's dead cells. But you live. 
But the cells have died, but they gave birth to other cells. You straight? Well, that's the way it is with God. The body remains, and it keeps on producing one, you know, who will be the head of that nation. And that head is always the best knower. And I, how can you tell that Master Farah Muhammad is the best knower? He's revealing that which no man ever considered before. And when they try to fight it, the more they fight it, the more they say, man, he's right. Mm. He's revealing that which no man has revealed before. Man, if y'all ain't got no notes from this one right here, y'all just wasn't listening. That's just part one. We're going to finish part two in the morning. We got about 30 something more minutes in the morning. That we gonna get into so we man if y'all got some y'all want to share go ahead and do yay press the number three in the comment section if you got something that you would like to share i know somebody got something that you want to share from this i got plenty of notes so i'm gonna be going in between y'all uh but who uh who got something that you guys would like to share press the number three the first thing i would like to point out is the fact that the minister sounded like he was about to give a lecture. <laughs> uh, and he was about to speak on message to the black man. And as he's telling everyone to turn to the page, a brother asked a question about not having understanding of the teachings or, you know, man, I'm hearing this over here in the church and then I'm not understanding how God is man. And the minister, as y'all seen, literally turned the whole entire lecture into answering his question. Now, typically, when somebody got a topic, hey, man, hold that, you know, ask me that at the end. Ask me that after. The minister allowed him to ask the question and literally took over an hour, probably going to be over an hour and 30 minutes, explaining to the brother the confusion that he had. So he turned the lecture into answering the brother's question. That was amazing. I don't know if that was like along the topic, but it didn't sound like it. It sounded like the minister was about to teach on somebody message to the black man. And the brother just asked, could he ask a quick question? And the minister was like, sure. And turned the whole thing into answering the question. That was beautiful. Um, I only see one person pressing number three, so I'm going to have to call some people. I ain't no way y'all just heard that and only Brother Wesley got something they want to share. Go ahead, Brother Wesley. Oh, wait, my bad. I got to let you unmute yourself. All right, you should be able to unmute yourself now. Assalamu alaikum. Um, he well, but the minister brought, he brought up the point I was going to speak on when I was looking at the scriptures in uh, Matthew 25, 44 and 45 about when they were asking, when did we see you hungry and thirsty and naked, sick and in prison, and we didn't minister to you? And he said when, you, uh, when Jesus was speaking with that, when you didn't do this amongst the least of you, is when you didn't do it to me and when the minister brought up the fact that we could say we love god we could say that we're, we're, we're doing our best to strive to be um in the eyes of god and have his favor but if we're looking at our brothers if we're looking at people that we see every day homeless those who may be um committing wrongdoing openly and we're still looking down upon them we're actually looking down upon god because they're still god in them though they may be ignorant to what they're doing or even if they're willingly doing it they still have the potential to bring that god out so we want to make sure that we still handle our brothers and sisters with care and compassion yes still give them the information still educate still teach 
but at the same time, we don't want to look down on our people. Praise be to Allah. Yes, sir. I see Sister Fatima on Facebook pressing number three. Y'all got to come on over to the Zoom to press the number three. And you come over to the Zoom by texting the word nation to 833-276-7174. And that'll bring you over to our Zoom call where you can actually share on with us. We're just streaming the actual call to Facebook. And whenever we get our YouTube back, YouTube. But what I wanted to share also was the minister spoke on uh, the Quran being the nature of God and the nature of us. I never heard it said uh, that way. That was pretty interesting how the minister says uh, the Quran is the nature of God and the key to the nature of self. So if we know that we are in the condition due to, uh, well, let me first say this. It gives me the proper perspective when I'm reading the Quran, because we can be reading something as a ritual, you know, like Ramadan. I'm reading. We're going to read one part a day. But it's like, what perspective am I reading this from? And when I'm hearing the stories and when I'm hearing what Allah is saying, how am I supposed to be receiving this? Sort of like our Supreme Wisdom Lessons and our Supreme Wisdom Lessons. We hear and we see Master Far Muhammad asking question why. He said the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, why did he ask why? Well, he's asking why so that we can get down to the, the, the purpose and the understanding of it. And he's saying, why did, God ask, why did God ask why? So that we can lift our mind up into the mind of God. So when I now hear that he's saying that the Quran is the nature of God and the key to the nature of self, when we see attributes of Allah, that is the nature of how we are as human beings. So he gives us an example. None comes to Allah less come as a servant. This is why we don't like people who are boastful, arrogant, and proud. Allah hates self-conceited boasters. So when we read what Allah hates and what Allah don't like and what Allah naturally will say in response, that is how we will respond and think by nature. So if we are, are not like that, or if we have found ourselves acting other than ourselves, which the Honorable Elijah Muhammad teaches us, that's the, been the condition that we're in. We have to be re-educated. When we read the Quran, we're supposed to be looking for how we are and how we think by nature. So the minister in the mind of God lecture, which we will get to this week, I want us to look at the mind of God. He said, look at our supreme wisdom and, and look at those lessons, those questions and answers and take a principle and see how we can apply it to our life. So now when I'm reading the Quran with this blueprint, I'm looking at it saying, OK, what is the principle? Not just looking back 1400 years ago to say, oh, what a story. No, these are principles and ways we're supposed to be thinking to help us navigate in 2023 as well. So that's something that uh, that stood out to me, uh, sister. I think I seen sister, sister Brianna. Go ahead. Assalamualaikum, everyone. Yeah, this definitely has a lot, a lot, a lot in here. But something that really stood out is how he just kept talking about the honorable Elijah Muhammad, giving. Um, I, I don't want to use the word praise, but like giving credit where it's due, right? Because everyone swears that. We worship the minister. We don't worship flesh, right? Well, you don't even worship Master Fard Muhammad's flesh, even though 
that man is is God in person, right? And when he said that people don't believe or don't understand why God is a man, and if you just think about all of our actual facts, the diameter of the planet, the circumference, the seas, the land, and the scholars of this day are proving it to be so, like, I don't know, to me that was, that was big. It was huge. Um, but still just how humble the minister is when he's talking of his teacher. And uh, I guess to add to, to, to Brother Wesley's wisdom, when he talked about our people, like around the corner, there's always men playing dice. Or in like the group just gets bigger and bigger. It could be a size of 50. And then yesterday we we went to two mosque meetings. We do we do double duty here in uh, New York for now. And I was asking some of the brothers, like, come to Mount Vernon and speak to the brothers, because I shouldn't do it, right? I'm a sister. I was gonna do it, and I'm like, nope, that's not my place. Right? But I where I used to drive by and be like, gosh, these cats. Now I drive by like, man, how can I help this group of men? Because once they get in, once they hear the knowledge, once they know their God, woo-wee, what Mount Vernon, Mount Vernon is small, 4.4 square miles next to the Bronx, it's tiny here. But man, once you get that wisdom in those brothers, woo, it's going to be big. So I'm glad that my mind and my growth is thinking that now and not thinking down upon anyone because first off who am i you know what i mean but it's like i'm glad that we have these teachings all praise you to allah <laughs> praise be to allah thank you for sharing sister uh sister golda that's my leg um wait hold on let me take you off my car and put you on my ear hello yes ma'am is this better okay perfect um so the funny thing is I actually listened to this lecture on like April 16th. So I had to go back to those notes as well, because this is so relevant to this past weekend. Now, when it says understanding the reality um, of the divine is understanding yourself. Then it talked about how he talked about how the whole Islamic world believes that God is a supreme force. But any force comes from something material, right? No force that we know of that doesn't have intelligence behind it so the thing is that this whole past weekend when people were talking about brother malcolm and i had a conversation with someone and they was like you know no one has done what he's done and i'm like the, the minister of Farrakhan is in our midst like what do you mean no one has done this but it's because we have been conditioned to believe that god is a spirit right so we don't believe God is a man. So we never believe that God is something that is present. It's always something that is distant, that is far, right? So when we look at our people, the reason why so many people have this feeling of like all hope is lost is because everything that we put hope in is dead, whether it be Martin Luther King, whether it be Malcolm X, everything, whether it even be um, Nelson Mandela, it's always someone who is dead that we praise, but we don't praise anything that's in our midst. And it goes back to understanding who God is. When you understand that God is a man, right? God is within you. When you're looking at yourself, you're looking at God. It changes the way that you can move and it makes you more active. It's like what 
uh, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad was saying and our savior has arrived that Christianity, it's tricked us so much to believing that heaven, it only comes after you die, but not while you're present. And so understanding that God is a man, right? And knowing who God is, is a lot more than a spiritual action. It's, it's an activator for yourself because you knowing that you're a God, you move different and you have more control of this world. So when things happen in this world, whether it be something financially happen or somebody that just anything that can happen, you know how there's just all things that can happen in this world and our people will let this world control them. But when you know that God is present here, you are the God, right? It, it changes how you control yourself. And it changes how you react to the world. And so I thought that was so important for him to point out that there is no force without a material. Because we keep giving God this spiritual energy spook. But it's like, no, no, no. There's a material attached to this. Even as a psychic medium, when I communicate with things, it's always an image that pops in my head. I always see a person in my mind's eye. It's never just nothing. It comes from something. So I just thought that was really an important concept to understand that every force, every energy, everything that you think is a spirit, it comes from something material. So that that empowers us to understand that we are the God. So that that was my takeaway from that. Assalamualaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Something else that stood out to me is that... uh. He said, as long as you don't see God in yourself, you won't call out of yourself your own capabilities. And I, it kind of takes me to what, you, what you're speaking about. Many of us want to follow or say that we follow someone who has already passed. And I think it's easy to follow someone who has already passed because they can't call you to do anything. Many of us aren't uh, are not um, uh, actively striving to oftentimes be who that person was. So being that this person can't give me any commands or ask me to do anything, it's easy to just talk about the past. Um, I think also when we started to understand the reality of God in, in man, uh, we also realize that he's not just in one conduit. And keeping God in the sky in a mystery and a spook allows us to stay complacent. Because one, if I decide to see God in my brother and in my sister, I have to bow down to that wisdom. And when they say something the truth, if I bear witness that God is working through them, and that, that is God coming through them, then I have to be obedient to that and I have to go do something. If I realize that the God is also within myself, I can't remain acting like a nigga. I can't remain being other than myself and also say I am a God because now I'm going to be a walking contradiction. So I think what these teachings do now that I think What's about the difference it. difference between uh, author and author? Uh, we got somebody... Uh, what I think these teachings do, it, it convicts us. It forces us to uh, come face to face with God in the mirror, but also 
and our brothers and sisters who have truth um, um, as well. And we can't just go off of the books because if we can be honest, many of us don't even really understand a lot of the books. Just keep it a hundred now. We can read it. We say we read the whole chapter of James. We read the whole revelation, but do we understand all of the allegory, all of the metaphors, all? No, we don't understand it all per se. You may be coming into a better knowledge of it, but it said one will be raised from among you and you must listen to him. The children of Israel had Moses, had Aaron, who was there to warn them. So I think uh, us, 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 like the minister said, once we realize that we are gods um, and, and who we are by nature, it forces us to raise our actions because now we have to raise up and that has to be the standard now. So if we don't have, if we don't believe that we are gods, if we don't believe in ourselves, even if you say, man, I don't want to call myself, if you don't believe you are good, add an older God, whatever you got to do. That's where it starts, I believe, because you can go get all the knowledge that you can. You can go get all the books. You can go read. You can get all the courses, all the programs, all the mentorship. But if we don't believe we are who we are, we're not going to act on the knowledge that we already have. Because if we can be honest, many of us got 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 knowledge from school already. You got a degree already. You got a diploma already. Life has even taught you something of a skill set or something already. And the reason many of us aren't moving forward is because of that part that the minister spoke about. We don't know who we really are. So many of us don't think that we deserve it. So I think that was a uh, that was another point that stood out to me. Uh, next, we have Elohim Max. Am I saying that right? Hey, brother. Salam alaikum. Salam. I, I just want to uh, give my peace because you've been helping uh, teach young brothers like me. I'm sure I'm probably a little bit older than you now, but uh, I've been I've been tuning in for now at least over a year, two years now. I haven't been going to the mosque lately. I haven't been. I used to be a Christian as I was raised in a Christian home. Um, I had to take myself out of religion as I was seeing. I wasn't getting enough love and support to help me sometimes when I was backsliding and I thought I was only getting criticized at some time. So I decided to study on my own and just try to get close to God as I found that loving myself and loving my brother was going to bring me that peace. As I, as I heard the Honorable Minister Farrakhan say a point where he was saying, how could you find God in yourself when you can't even love your brother? And I thought that was a big point because in my experience was that you know, you walk across a brother a lot of times, brother's screw facing you, or you wake up in the morning, you go outside, and you didn't you didn't make yourself prepared enough so that you can say, "Oh, good morning, brother. Salam alaikum. How you doing today?" You know, and it's like once we can get past that as a people, I think we'll be making big accolades, and we'll be able to say, "Hey, brother, how you doing today? Can I help you with something? Uh, where are you going today? Uh, what's the mission, brother? Uh, what's what's going to happen today?" And I think a lot of times what we've been through the last four hundred years. It's turned ourselves against ourselves. You know, we wake up, we look, we think we're the problem. We think like, um, you know, we're gonna make it worse for each other if we don't if we say something. But I think we'll make it better sometimes if we just open our our, our the section of our heart that God gave us. You know, that conscience of our heart and just show love. And that's just put the point that I took from his little uh, 
speech in between the, the class, the course that he was speaking to y'all, because I didn't enroll in that class, but I know I'll benefit more and more. But I, I just want to say thanks, brother, and continue doing the work, and I'll continue to learn as much as I can from people like you and the Honorable Minister Farrakhan. Praise be to Allah. Thank you, brother, for sharing. Uh, next, we have iPhone. I don't know your name, but uh, your name on here is just iPhone. Whoever pressed three around 7.15. It's two iPhones I see on here, so I don't know which one it is. Going once. Okay. Assalamu alaikum, brother Ben. This is Sister Fatima. I'm not sure if that's mine or not. If, yeah, if you press three, it's part of you. Okay. Um, alhamdulillah. Assalamu alaikum to everyone on the line. Peace and God morning. Um, I just want to share a couple of things. One, when we speak about um the minister not overlooking the brother's question and to expound to that depth. It made me think of when Master Farad Muhammad said, I walked the mountain 90 miles high to teach one. To me, it shows the value and the opportunity to teach one. And if one teaching one take an hour, hour and a half, two hours, what's our responsibility when we see our brother, our sister, our neighbor, our family, people we married to, will we even teach them? Will we take the time to just teach them what we know? The other thing I thought about is when we were reading from message to the black man and tying it to this lecture and in message to the black man, the honorable Elijah Muhammad said, Islam is salvation. So when they took religion from us, they took away our salvation. They took a part of who we are away. So it's hard to teach a man now the reality of God or who you are when we've taken away any concept of that's part of your reality. So then the minister in this lecture says about the cloning. See, the white man will take our science, start manifesting it, but keep calling us. Um, liars in our teachings and what the honorable Elijah Muhammad said and then manifest the same thing right in front of our faces so it's just to me profound that message to the black man opens up talking about who is God so it's like you gotta wake us up out of that reality before I can start teaching you to understand the knowledge of who you are so you can get up and do what you need to do so that's the only thing that came to my mind. I sound like God. Well, like a salam. Wow, that's deep. That's deep. It opens up with who is God? He said, in message to the black man, that knowledge itself is the prerequisite knowledge of all knowledges. Because once we go get this other knowledge, this is me speaking now, when we go get this other knowledge, we got to bring it back. To rebuild on the knowledge that we have. He says in message to the black man. Uh, when we're going to get this other knowledge. It's not to build other people's worlds. It's to build our world. Build the world of God. Well if we don't even. If we're not even on that track. Or if we're not even on that frequency. Or thought process of being a God. And striving to follow his mission. We're going to go get the knowledge. And we're going to act on the knowledge. Maybe but it'll be acting on it. To benefit his world. It's not going to be acting on it, building our world because we're not even going to have the understanding of what our mission is, what our purpose is, and who we are. Because once we realize who we are, it kind of gives us a uh, foundation of what our purpose is. 
If we know we are the brothers of Jesus and in John 14, 12, it says those who believe will do the works that I'm doing. Well, if I don't know that, I never have no aim and purpose in life. I'm just thinking life is about going to work, getting a job and making money and paying bills. Life is much bigger than that. Our purpose and mission is much bigger than that. So that's the first prerequisite knowledge to understand who we are and what our purpose is in life. So the minister said, blessed is he that's found his purpose. Uh, Martin, press one instead of three. Yeah, you didn't know the number was number three today. <laughs> but let's hear from uh, Martin's. I don't, let me see if he's still on because this was a couple minutes ago. Oh, yeah, Martin's still on. You got to unmute yourself or come off, come on camera or something. Going once, going twice. All right, Brother Nurse Earl, did you have something that you wanted to share? Yes, sir. Assalamualaikum. Just wanted to uh, just drop that comment, just to bear witness. Um, that's all, just to bear witness to that comment. Um, What's the you know, comment? just dropping out of high school. I put it in, in, in the chat there, just to... Uh, you know, after dropping out of high school, you know, on that wrong path, I think this was one of the tapes that I used to listen to mm. and actually changed my mindset as far as, um, you know, just understand that God within made me go back and further my education. Because initially, like in high school, probably like a lot of other brothers and sisters, like hating the math, hating the science, hating school. But when I came to that understanding and listened to some of the Mrs. Tapes, it was like, okay, this is our knowledge. This is God's knowledge. So let me go back and learn that. So just wanted to drop that comment and say, uh, you know, thank you for the, pl the platform, you know, and everything you're doing. Praise be to Allah. Brother Martin, you there? Want to try Good. one more time? Martin, Martin, Martin. Got to hit the unmute. Going once. Going twice. All right. We have iPhone pressed three, five minutes ago. So I don't know if that was the same iPhone or the different iPhone. But your name is iPhone on here. All right. Sister Kava. Yes, I'm like, I just wanted to share something that, um, I was listening to the minister say when he was talking about very specifically how um, he was looking at those who were um, at the bottom, kind of raw, kind of those in the mud. And how at one point he specifically said that, you know, he met, um, you know, the brother that was at the barbershop. That was a derelict, he said, but he said very specifically that, you know, I'm going to go after him because once I get him, then it's going to be, you know, that brother would be a very, very powerful um, asset to the building and the accepting of the teachers and the building of a nation. It made me think about something that um, you were sharing about how a lot of times, um, you know, we're not or we don't get an assignment necessarily from those who are not with us, who are de dead, gone in the spiritual world, that spirit. And 
I just correlated that portion of something that actually took place with me personally. Um, I think yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday or maybe Saturday, but it was a brother, brother who was just driving, um, you know, the Amazon truck. And when he came to the door, I'm, I was leaving out, but he was putting a package on the steps. So he put one package and then he was going back to get another package. So I went to pick the package up and to bring it into the house. And he was like, um, sister, you know, that box is really heavy. He had the other box. He said, let me help you. So I was like, wow, okay, thank you. I'm in my mind. I'm rushing out. Um, but I'm like flabbergasted that the brother would even want to, you know, stop and help take the package in. So he went to take the package in. And as he was taking the package in, he walked through the door and he said, oh, my God. He says, do I need to take my shoes off? And I'm like, huh? No, because you just need to leave it right here. He was like, oh, well, I can't bring my, my dirty shoes in this house. This is this is too beautiful. And, you know, in that moment, I, I heard what he said, but, you know, I didn't focus. He brought the next package in and he said, you know, where do you want me to sit? I said, well, you just sit right here, like literally at the front door. So as he as he went, he left and later on in the day, I thought about wow, what took place in that moment to think that, you know, here's a, a brother who I'm sure he delivers all the time. And the fact that he even thought to want to take his shoes off, what is my commitment? Allah has given us so much as MGT and GCC and just um, the maybe the corridor of our house or the spirit of our homes the teachings that he's given us that we have a commitment to do something, to do something more, to go after our people. So just knowing that the minister takes the time or the mindfulness to say, to look at the person and say, Oh, that black brother's God. Sometimes we forget. And what is it that we will do to go after them? So I just know that I made a specific commitment in that way. So what can I do? I was thinking, well, you know, I'm definitely going to make sure I have my final calls at the door right there. You know, just something to make sure that in each moment, in every moment that I am committed in my way to go after our people, to see the God in them, because they're looking at us. And if they see something that, um, to even use the word beautiful or want to take off their shoes or have the commitment is something that they saw or that he saw that in that moment elevated him. And, you know, I just feel convicted that I should be committed to seeing the God and to helping the goal after our people. So I just wanted to share that. Praise be to Allah. That made me think about something. I had a guest one time who came to our study group for the first time. It was a brother that I played basketball with. And, you know, he's from the hood as well. And uh, he, he had his pants slightly sagging before we walked in. And he had his hat turned to the back. Now, I didn't say anything. And when we went in, of course, we all go through a search procedure. And when we walked in, of course, I was class A. When I picked him up and um, everybody else was class A. For those who don't know what class A is, you know, we suited and booted. You know, we uh, got the suits on and the sisters, you know, they dressed up. 
And when he came in and he saw the atmosphere and he saw us saying, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. I was looking at him without anybody telling him he naturally pulled his pants up. Then I noticed when he sat down again, nobody said anything. He naturally turned his hat around and it bears witness to what the minister uh, teaches us about environment. And he talks about no matter what good is in you, uh, be careful about the environment that we are in. And I got a couple of screenshots that I want to share because I took some tweets that he that he um, spoke about the other the other day about well on his Twitter about environment. Let me see if I can find it. it was a couple of Mondays ago. He was talking about it in class. Um, And I got a lot of screenshots in here. Goodness and gracious. My bad, y'all. I probably should have just went right to screenshots. Huh? I don't see it. Um. Uh, oh, here it is. Okay. He said, we must be careful what environment we put ourselves in because no matter what is in you of good, if you are in the wrong environment, that environment can affect the good that is in you and turn you into itself. Then another tweet, he says, um, another tweet. Let me see. That's the one I had screenshotted. Okay. This is another one. You can't have organized thoughts in a disorganized environment. Make it a priority to clean, to keep clean and organized home, car, room, workspace. Cleanliness is not next to godliness. Cleanliness is godliness. Okay. Then there's one more I want to share. Okay, I can't find this other one. But those two, the reason I stated that after hearing what she said is uh, is because I just want to talk about the power of environment and how environment alone is important. Many of us have the word. Many of us go with the word. But the mission is not just to go with the word alone, but also to build 
the kingdom of heaven on earth to give them another option to go to. Uh, I often think about if somebody gets the word, but then goes back to a toxic environment as children, as teenagers, they're going to be continuously influenced by that environment that they're in, no matter what knowledge that they're getting until they get into a certain age that the knowledge they submit so much and they're so disciplined enough that they don't allow the environment to taint them. But oftentimes for our people, even adults, the environment will influence them. So when we think about the condition of our youth and the condition of our people, we know oftentimes it is because of the environment that they're growing up in. Right. Um, And if environment is important and what I think about when she's telling that story We all have a way to get somebody to God. It's, it, your, your thing may not be the word. She didn't have to say something to him. It was the presentation where the guy noticed, hey, man, do I need to take my shoes off? You know, I think about that when somebody is saying, when somebody knows that it's a Muslim home, they often say, okay, I got to take my shoes off because they know the culture. But he didn't know if she was Muslim, Christian, or what. It was just the cleanliness. So God was showing through her just in her home. And now he looks at her, I'm sure, differently than somebody he may have just dropped his, because I'm pretty sure he don't ask that or say that to every home that he goes to. But it was something about the presentation. And we're taught that when we go out, class A, the opposite attract. And that that is an attracting power. Well, I'm saying this to say, don't always think that, oh, I don't speak well, so maybe I can't be attracted because you know somebody else who's attracted by his speaking. You can be attractive by how you look. You can be attractive by how you think. You can be attractive by how you work. So none of us can have an excuse about not doing the work of God and resurrecting and attracting our people because your lane and what you do may be a little bit, my, my room, you step, you know, in my office space, it may not be as clean. That's something I got to work on. You know, I operate maybe in chaos. I got wires all over the place, disconnecting here, the cameras over here. So my, my, I may not get you like that, but you may, you may be that, that neat to where it's like, I see God and just how clean you are. I see God just in your, your environment. So that just made me think about how all of us, man, no matter what our gift is, no matter what we do, we still have God is able to reflect through us in many ways. And how you give Uh, you can just I mean, somebody can be in the room and they don't even say nothing, just how they move, how they look and how where they look. So I just want you to think about how is God reflecting through you today? Ooh, that's a good one. That's boy, that came right there from the yeah, that, that, that didn't come from me. That came from the guy. I never thought about how is God reflecting through you today? And man, I'm finna start thinking about that. Man, that's I needed that one. How is God gonna reflect through you today? Not what you're doing today just to say I lived, but ask ourselves every day, how will God reflect through me today? If you if you're not in the mood to speak, all right, cool. But still, how is God reflecting through you today? Maybe you're not going door to door. Maybe you're not like a pamphlet. Y'all know how they did on Friday. Are you prepared for Jehovah's return? That may not be you. You may not be going to the door. But still, you finna be amongst millions of people in Walmart. If you go to Walmart, if you're going to work, if you're on a Zoom call, 
ask ourselves, how am I leaving a mark? How is God working through me today, no matter what I'm doing? That's deep right there, man. I think so. <laughs> All right. Uh, next, we got Brother brother Fahim. I'm going to make that a T-shirt. <laughs> brother Fahim, you still here? Let me see. He probably done left. Oh, no, there you go. Yes, sir. Salam alaikum, brother. Can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. Hey, brother. Hey, salam alaikum, everybody. Um, I just wanted to add on to what you said earlier, Ben, about, uh, you know, God being that of action, a verb. I remember a few weeks ago, you had us on here, and we were talking about, I think the, the topic was why people don't accept the nation of Islam. You remember that, brother, Ben? Yes, what sir. was it about the nation or what is it about the belief that we believe that people rejected? It, it ties into what you were saying and what I said that day. And you can't be, you can't be lazy, you can't be passive, you have to be active and engaged. We believe that Allah will call you to work, will call you to engage your divinity, your masculine divinity or your feminine divinity. You know, Christianity will allow you to sit back and be passive, the whole concept of getting something after this, the whole concept of not having to do anything but get salvation. Um, so when you said that, when you said, hey, this this thing, you know, this God forces us, you know, to do something and, and, it, and it convicts us, I said, yeah, that's right on time. And it relates back to why a lot of people reject it. It's not so, it's not so much that it's far-fetched. It's just that people don't want to work, you know. And hey, we all—I work, I work on myself with that. I'm not immune to that, right? I have to do better myself, but I understand, you know, the concept and the logic behind it. So that's all I want to say, big brother. Yes, sir. Man, listen, I'm about to do an experiment. Who I got, brother Bruce just said, I am so angry. Because I see so much of this world in me, I do want to turn into, I don't want to turn to them people I think he was saying. I feel as if I'm drowning. Man, if anybody got a word that y'all would like to share with this brother. But I got some, I got something I want to show him. Something just came to my mind. Y'all give me five, y'all give me three, not three seconds. Give me ten seconds, I'll be right back. All right, 
Now, before I go and 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 do my science experiment, <laughs> do anybody want to share some words with them first? Anybody got something y'all want to share? Maybe somebody else have already dealt with this. Like you felt like you was drowning, man. This so much of the world is in you, and you and you was able to figure out a formula to change your life. Anybody, just unmute yourself and and, and tell them. Assalamualaikum. Brother, 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 do I feel you? <laughs> what I wanted to share is that um, appearances uh, do a lot, right? Like, I'm pretty effervescent. I'm real bubbly. But, man, I used to be on, like, depression pills. I've been in psych wards from being drugged. Like, all of this crazy stuff. And when I really started growing and developing environment plays such a big role i know it's hard sometimes to get away from the world right just like right now like i came back to new york to help my mom out right she just got divorced she needed help and i'm like i got you right so i'm back but it's crazy in the house like i'm very organized you know godliness is cleanliness my 12 year old sister's pretty messy all that stuff right so I find solitude in going to the mosque four days a week, right? Going on these calls in the morning, the master call, the women's circle. Um, and who are you around? Sometimes this journey can be lonely because we're, we're creatures of, um, like, like God made us in pairs. So, of course, we naturally want to be around people. And in this path, it can be a little difficult. Uh, especially if you're in the nation, like you have certain restrictions, you can't just do one-on-one chills anymore. Like, but I think that when you feel like you're drowning, um, one pray, hear a good word, and speak to someone. Like, I'm glad that you did talk, that you did say something, because that's where it starts. We all we like to hold things in or like be strong, right? But be, but really, strength is asking for help, like. I believe it was Brother Ben. Maybe you posted something, but I heard it somewhere where it was like, don't wait till you're on E to charge up. Like half, halfway, half tank, or 75%. Like, you know? So it wasn't too much, but I, I feel you, dude. <laughs> now, why you say that wasn't too much? You say, why do I say that? Yeah, why you say that? Why you end it with, that wasn't too much? Because maybe that's something, maybe that's something from my past I'm still uh, overcoming, right? Because when I speak, it, I definitely draw people sometimes. And then there are some people who are like, well, you're a conversation killer. Or like, hey, you don't really know what you're talking about. Of course, that whole... That whole um, theory of if you don't have a college degree, then, you know, your word means nothing, which we know is crazy. <laughs> we know that these diplomas, these certificates, uh, they mean something, but then they also mean nothing. So I don't know. I guess I guess just knowing that there is deeper that can be said. Does that make sense? Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. Now this, is what, I, now, this is what I wanted to say. Man, I done lost my... Uh, okay, he didn't want to pause. Sorry about that, y'all. Yeah, I think there is always something, you know, deeper to say. But when you coming from the word of God and you got your own experience and you know what's happened to you, 
Shoot, uh, that's enough. That's what God put on your heart and spirit to say. Now, this is what I want to say to the brother, okay? Now, I don't now I, I had something else in this bottle, but I thought about it. My wife gonna kill me if she see me do this here. So I I, I wouldn't change it for for something else. Now, what I want to say is this. We're going to start off with the word. Now, it says what? Greater is he, come on now, that is in me than he that is in the world. That's what it say, don't it? So you got so much of the world in you, like all of us. Come on now, don't get it twisted now. Just because you're a Muslim or you're a Christian don't mean that you ain't got the world in you. But as the minister said, just how we got that 15 pounds of atmospheric, uh, 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 what do you say, uh, pressure coming on our body. We got the same on the inside coming out. So the reason we don't feel the pressure is because we got equal amount coming out. Well, if the world is in you and you being consumed with the world and you drowning with the world, then we just got to drown now the world out with the word and with God. And this is what it looked like. See, this is this is us right now. Boy, look, we about to be drowning. Glass finna be almost full. This is the world. Well, all we got to do is keep on coming to these morning calls. See, and the more we come to these morning calls and the, the more we read them books of God and boy, the more we get to uh, uh, look, looking at the minister lectures and boy, the more we get to go into the study groups. And then, man, the more we call on our brothers and sisters and say, man, I need help. And we let the God within them help us out. Look at how that world just gets to draining out. Now, now look, it got them seeds in there. So you may have a little seed. You may say you may cuss here and there. You may say nigga here and there. You know, you're going yeah, to do your thing here. But then look at how much of the world is in you. And see, then the God see you trying. He see you striving. And look at what the words say. It said, those who are called by my name must humble themselves, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear it from them and heal their land. So once he see all oh, that brother there, brother Bruce, oh man, he's starting to turn from his wicked ways. Oh, brother Bruce, oh man, he's starting to, he's starting to do the atonement process for all the wrong that he's done. He's repenting now. Oh man, he's saying, what can I do to overcome what I've done wrong? Then you start to see, boy, I only got one seed left in there. Oh man, I got that one seed left in there. And then you know what that one seed may be left for sometimes? Because we ain't going to be all the way perfect. That's so that we can attract one of the brothers who's still out there in the streets. See, when he see, oh man, he still got a little flaw. He's still human. That's what's going to attract him and say, boy, then the Honorable Elijah Muhammad says, you never have to condemn a dirty glass. Huh? Just put a clean one next to it. So once you put your clean glass, you're going to be able to say, man, brother, my name is Brother Bruce. I was just like you. The world was all up in me. Man, I felt like I was drowning. And then I was submitting my will to do the will of God. I started to study and then execute. And then through my obedience, I found peace. Man, here go my clean glass right here. Then you're not going to be talking down on them. You just say, here I am. I'm here to serve. And they go, and then you're going to let them know about something you still struggling with. And they're going to say, man, that brother real, man. 
He ain't coming to me like he came out of heaven. He let me know he came up from hell just like me. And boy, your cup going to be just like this here. But it started off bad. It started off yellow like some bad pee when we don't drink enough water. Y'all know, know about that pee, don't you? Yeah. But now your water or your glass is clear. And you ready to be a clean glass next to the dirty glass. So I would simply say, and that was a dramatic demonstration. But I just wanted to say that's just a demonstration of greater is he that is in me. It didn't say that he not in the world now. See, it didn't say that when God comes, devil goes away. Satan goes away. It says greater. It say greater is he that is in me than he is in the world. So that's a great power. Satan is the God of this world. You got to think about this. Yeah, I know you be angry, but Satan is the God of this world. This man is wickedly wise. We ain't talking about no dumb devil. Now we talking about Satan, Satan, who's, who's evil. Uh, it, it goes beyond and outside of himself. He makes devils. That's Satan now. So if you, if, if, if you are saying in the Quran, if you know that your doom is coming, then you say you pleading with God and you saying, man, hey, respite me to the day that these brothers and sisters like Brother Bruce is raised. Shoot, I'll be coming after you, too. I'll be coming at you, coming out, coming after you with, with weed, with little crack, with women, men. Well, shoot, I'm coming at you. So that's his duty. He doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing. We just got to do exactly what we supposed to do if we want to fight off the world. One, Jesus said, you're going to have to deny yourself. Oh, see, that's the hard part there. Damn, I got to deny myself. If it's smoking, man, I got to deny smoking. If it's drinking, I got to deny drinking. If it's women, damn, I got to deny that. It's a constant battle every day, which is why the minister teaches us that the greatest fight that we going to have is just with ourselves. It ain't the brother over in the, uh, the next neighborhood. It ain't even the white man himself. It is, it is the fear of the white man and our own disobedience that we got to wrestle with with ourselves daily. Because once you overcome smoking, you're going to have a new vice. You're going to have something else that you struggle with that we're going to have to overcome. So get to training. If you want to last 12 rounds, you better get to, you just seen tank. You seen Muhammad Ali. You seen all these. Uh, these brothers have to train. How many of us are training? See, I'm not just talking about training. You know, I'm about to get in my class. I'm about to get ready. I'm about to be prepared. But I'm not just talking about that class. I'm talking about how many of us are training our mind for the spiritual war. We read in the scripture where it say, I war not against flesh and blood. We talking about principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places. We hear that, but how many of us are training for that battle? We see these brothers doing jump rope. Man, these brothers doing calisthenics. I don't even know how to say it. Calisthenic, calisthenic. They doing some type of exercises. They running. They running miles. They, they, man, these brothers... These brothers and sisters, man, I see now, they get big balls, paws, and they be hitting their bellies with it, hitting their abs just to make sure their abs are strong. Boom, they letting people punch them in the ass. That's a training process. How many of us have been training? So if we ain't been training, when, the, when they go ding, 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 and we get in the ring with him, we keep getting knocked down because we ain't trained. Not that we don't have the ability to fight. 
Not that we don't have the capability. Look, we know our capability is God. But we got to go through a training process to get there. And it's hard, man. Just like them, that real training is hard. You throw up. These brothers be throwing up. Yeah, they going to get cut when they spar. Damn, I, damn, boy. This is a sparring. It ain't even real fight. Spar, you going to get cut. Oh, that's a part of the process. But, boy, when you go through that real fight, and you in there, you done went through all these hard trials, and you come out the winner in the end, living or dead. Oh, man, that's when you become the world champion. And you, and you get to hold up your heavyweight, your heavyweight title of the world. Brother Bruce have overcame all obstacles in his way. That's all fruit of Islam. Man, man, not all fruit of Islam, but that's what we taught. Meet and overcome all obstacles. But we got to meet them. Brother Samuel, I know I know Brother Samuel got some cold for us today. Come on in here, Brother Samuel. I know you finna drop some supreme wisdom on us. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Um, first of all, to Brother Bruce, we oftentimes, men commit suicide because they judge themselves. We find ourselves lost, and in our lostness, we say, how did I get here? We're not asking a question for clarity. It's the point where we feel like giving up because we feel like we cannot accomplish. But what we have to realize is that everything happens by Allah's grace. When we take one step, Allah takes ten. So it's not our doing, but it's his doing. He's working through us. Um, he's the author and the finisher of our faith. So when we find something that we do that we love doing that's in accord with the will of God, then Almighty God, Allah, can begin to perfect us. But if we judge ourselves because this world has judged us, we internalize the judgment of this world upon ourselves, and we may be frustrated at our progress. But you got to realize Allah took six, six, took six trillion years to make itself nine systems. It was excruciatingly painful. And in that, he had to overcome the desire to give up and the desire to quit. But we cannot fall victim to judgment. Judgment is so easy to do. It's so easy to come to a conclusion and to put a period to our own um, accomplishments in life because you know, we get we, we become upset with ourselves and, and at the results that we got. But if we just pause on that judgment and, and remember that it's our law that is perfecting us, then it puts us in a position where we can relax a little bit. We can give a lot time to work with us, where we can adopt the things that matter to us the most, which is our gift. Now, I want to ask you a question, Brother Ben, real quick, and it will help me to do the second thing that I wanted to say. What did the minister say the Quran was in the video again? In the tape? Did he say the Quran was I don't uh, the mind of the God? No, it was, what did he say? Say it one more time. What did he say the Quran was in the tape? I, I, oh, I was he walking the track the, and he I heard said, it, but I, he said that the Quran is the nature of God and the key to the nature of self. Beautiful. So now if it's our nature. And the Quran has become the law of the land. And we are to become the sons to every people that they will rotate around us. They're going to rotate around us through the mind of God and through the majesty of our nature. When they figure out that we have the solutions to their problems, then they will begin to rotate because, like you said before, wherever there's value, there's money. They will rotate around wealth, right? They will rotate around us. They will rotate around our mind, which is the mind of Master Prophet Muhammad. It's our nature. It's our God-given nature, right, and how we really rule our environment, right, and how we rule our society. Not only will other races and other groups 
but every discipline, we will have, right? And our mastery of the discipline will cause us to be able to become masters in education, masters in social science, masters in mathematics, masters in engineering. We will have the ability, once we find our gifts out, and every believer, I'm really just encouraging us to explore your gifts. One last thing, <clears throat> Sister Donna Muhammad, the daughter of Farrakhan, the daughter of Louis Farrakhan, she saw the black man that was broken down in Chicago, and she went down and she kneeled to him and she got eye to eye. She said, black man, you're a God, black man. And she saw the light of truth begin to enter his eyes and enter his heart and enter his mind. And she saw his nature beginning to wake up in him. That's an example of how we will solve this society's problem by getting the very worst. And then getting the very worst, the very best so-called cult in society. That's what made Honorable Louis Farrakhan so special to the most honorable large Muhammad. When Honorable Louis Farrakhan to a plane loads of scholars to New to Chicago from New York. He said, "You are more more to me than you know a, a, a plane load full of you know sheep and then jewels and then all the wealth in the world, because you got through you I will get all my people, but we got to get the the uh, the uh, the ass first or the 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 the, 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 the our, our 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 regular people first. And then the cult will understand, I don't got the solutions to, to, to this world's power. You know, I don't have a solution. So I don't know if he just went out on my end, but uh, he he went out. Let me see if he's still here. Yeah, it looked like his, maybe his phone died or signal went out. Because I don't see him no more. Yeah, it looked like he got booted off. Okay, while he's gone, I see Brother Ahil. Brother Ahil, press three. Assalamu alaikum, family. Lake Salaam. You can hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. All right. I wanted to speak on, I remember a sister said something about the brothers being out there on Mount Vernon. I remember I, I used to work in Mount Vernon, my first job being in New York. I used to take the train from Queens all the way out to Mount Vernon on Malcolm X. So I, I know what she mean. And me tapping into the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and watching the videos of Mr. Louis Farrakhan and being able to experience other people in, inside the nation. In, in my processing, it's a it's like a light and a beacon, and it gives people inspiration on how to be better and how to be more of a distinguished gentleman. Just how Brother Ben X said, uh, when when brothers off the street come to the uh, the mosque, they coming around people in the nation speaking of me and myself and my other friends before I got all the way in tune with the nation. We were just naturally. You know what I'm saying? Make make sure our posture's up to par. You know what I'm saying? We pull our pants up. You know what I'm saying? While we in dialogue with the nation, we make sure we uh more presentable because once we once you have that example, it gives you something to look up to, and it gives you some some inspiration that okay maybe there is change. Maybe there's something outside these four corners that that this box that I've been placed into to comprehend and there's actually more to the world than my simple understanding and once you tap into those teachings there's really like no turning back 
Well, you, you can't turn back if the environment doesn't change. If you allow the environment to dictate your your view on life and your view on things. So I want to also speak to the brother when he said he felt like he was drowning. So with, when you tap into these teachings, it's like when Peter was, when Jesus was calling out to Peter, talking about walking on the water, just he said, "Fix your eyes on me. As long as long as you look, as long as you're looking at me, you won't fall. Even though this is water, and you feel feel like you might drown, but as long as you keep your eyes on me, everything will be okay." And Peter didn't fall until he took his eyes off of God. So long as you keep your eyes and your and your mind focused on the mission and focus on the God, you you won't fall. And I'll let my plan there. Good point. Brother Samuel, I see you I see you back. Yes, sir. I, I pretty much was done, but just to say that it's our gifts that will allow us to perfect uh, really the society and ourselves. We become better in our submission to Allah through our gifts. Noah became one with God by building an ark, right? And so when we're doing what we're supposed to do as an individual, it allows us to sharpen our gifts, our skills, our talents, and really develop our character. So I'm just encouraging the brother not to judge yourself and to get in your lane, to get into what, you know, is valuable to you and what's important to you and what you can do well in these teachings and allow that to be the basis that you build off of. Don't judge yourself. Remember, every time you take one step towards God, Allah takes 10 towards you or more. We are saved by his grace, his undeserved kindness. So our propensity to judge ourselves is really like a meal around our neck. And it's also a meal around our neck and how we handle each other. We judge one another because that's the that's the, the point of reference that we, you know, we are crit critique to this society. So please stop judging yourself. Please uh, accept the fact that Allah calls you. Please accept that Allah, the fact that you preordained to become one with him. And then it's through your gifts that you will do exactly that. That's all I want. Thank you for sharing. That reminds me of Brother Jabril saying, do you know that Allah handpicked you? Handpicked. Brother Wesley? You said it right there. I was just going to reference back to what you said before, um, the previous calls before that were handpicked. Um, and then the fact that, um, just with Brother Bruce, the fact that you can see what inside of you that know that you know needs to be changed is that first step. So recognizing what needs to be changed and then prioritize what needs to be changed first and then work your way through that. Instead of trying to eat the whole elephant in one bite, go ahead and just take a piece of it and, and slowly you'll see the progress and, and review your progress. And that will give you the confidence to keep on biting at it. You know what I mean? So just don't try to do the whole thing. Just take it one step at a time. And uh, I want to close with this brother. Uh, I don't know if y'all remember, but a couple Mondays ago, there was a brother that came on here and he was teaching. And what I always hear him say at the end of every, when he first came on my YouTube is you got to study. <laughs> so I see him on camera. It's my first time seeing him on camera. Now he ain't present number three, but I want to see if he got anything he want to say to close us out with. Cause anytime he comes on, man, he just shuts it down and give us those teachings. So brother Shakir, do you, uh, Shakir, do you have anything that you would like to add and share to the zoom call this morning? You got to unmute yourself. You got to unmute yourself. 
Oh, you don't know how? I'm hit. Okay. There oh, we, there we is go. That it? Okay. Yes, sir. Asalaamu Alaikum. Um, for the for the brother, I just enjoyed the podcast, and you and and just to everybody, all the brothers and sisters that's in here, you you gotta realize that it's some brothers and sisters that have had this supreme wisdom, or they call it 120, whatever you want to call it. Did this knowledge of God and the knowledge of self is one and the same? There are some people that had this knowledge for over forty years. I've heard the minister said he know his lessons so well that they etched. In his on his brain, this is how you got to study, right? And so a lot of us are given, you know, you, you hear the words and they're beautiful, and you know the first the, the first degree that first lesson in the student enrollment uh, it asks you, uh, and, and that and it asks you who is the original man, and, and the answer is the original man is the Asiatic black man, the maker, the owner, the cream of the planet Earth, father of civilization, and God of the universe, right? Some of them may have it, unless some may not. But you understand the point. But the point is the messenger said, and the, and the minister, and the messenger said, he said, I'm trying to make you the big man. And the minister said, hey, you better stop personality worshiping me. He said, you got the master problem. I'm saying I came to North America, what? By myself. You got to swim these 9,000 miles by yourself. You got to sit down and study and put in the time and the discipline because the root word of disciple is discipline. If you don't have the discipline to destroy, meaning another definition of destroy is to eliminate those loved activities that are counteractive to the participant. So all that foolishness you like to do and all that stuff, you got to learn how to kill that. So you can settle on the best part. Right? And say, where was the devil manufactured? On an island called Pilan, right? Saying that it's called Patmos. The only place where, de where's the only island, when you study these lessons, the only island that you know of that's in your body is your brain. And it's surrounded by water. And it's where devil can be manufactured. That's why when you study psychology, the science of thought, we know that it travels at 24 billion miles per second. Thought slowing down produces light. Light travels at 26,000 miles per second. Light slowing down produces sound, which is pitch, frequency, and vibration. Travels 1,120 feet per second, which produces two geometrical shapes in life. Arm, leg, leg, arm, head, male genitalia, and arm, leg, leg, arm, head, female. So you got to study these lessons. So you can pull out the God that's inside of you. You just got to study and put in the time. And one of the first things that I was ever given people hear about supreme mathematics is I like I'll, I'll go through my with my eight year old my eight year old nephew every day. I get up and ask myself. I said I said I said I said Carter, what's the day's mathematics? Because you you have to have you got to know words like knowledge, wisdom. Understanding, cultural refinement, freedom, justice, equality, food, clothes. You have to know these things. These are words that you use every day. And the more you get familiar with them and the more they become a part of you, the more you're able to see things and do the mathematics right on point. You just tighten up your mathematics. Because a lot of people are talking to you about high science of mathematics. I can't talk to you about calculus, but you're learning uh, derivatives, right? 
and integrals if you don't have a basic understanding of arithmetic, addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division. Once you move past that, then you move into what? You move into algebra, solving for the unknown, x. If I say 2 times x is 10, you got to solve for the unknown, x. That's algebra. Then you learn, move into what? Trigonometry, finding places. Well, when I talk to kids about... <laughs> About fighting, I spent ten years. I spent twelve years as a professional boxer after I got out of ring court. Was ranked fifteen in the world. I lost two million dollars. Supposed to fight Delahoya. Ripped my eye socket wide open fighting in a uh, Madison Square Garden. So, you know, I know what it is to train. Still eat my one meal a day because one meal a day is the law. You have to have discipline. And the highest form of experimentation is on the self. You got to say, okay, how long can I go? Can I eat this one meal a day? How can I can I do two meals? Can I do a meal every other day? That's testing the God inside of yourself. You have to do that. That's why even when I was fighting, it'll it'd be Thanksgiving I'm around my family. Everybody else is eating. They said, wow, he don't eat nothing. That's because I had the discipline. I had the discipline. When I was in the Marine Corps, I had the discipline. When I went to military camp and military school, I had the discipline. When I was a Boy Scout, I had the discipline from FOI class. So once I went in FOI class, I already had discipline, so nobody didn't have to tell me too many things too many times. Only thing I had to do was listen. Is listen. And that's what that discipline is about. And the thing about when you study about your brain, when you, it says, and that, that first that first lesson, that that that, that, that first question, they asked, why isn't the devil settled on the best part of the earth? He said, because the earth belongs to the original man. You got the all, no matter what you're going through, you got to always settle on the best part mm. because they know from psychology, if you think there are two forces, centripetal force and centripetal force. So when you concentrate on the positive, you draw negative circumstances. If you if you concentrate on negative, you draw negative situations and negative people towards you. And you, with the subtrepidal force, you push the positive away from you. So if you concentrate on the positive, you draw positive people and positive situations to you and you push the negative away. This is how you're able to utilize the centripetal and centripetal and centripetal force. And then there's so much stuff as I just like listening to all my brothers and sisters. I'm listening to your stages of development because see the process. See, everybody looks at Brother Ben and everybody else and they say, oh, wow, he's got this. And now he's mad. and He's got that. But like the minister said, when he had holes in his shoes and he was rebuilding the nation, you didn't see that. Once you once you understand the 10 numbers in the universe. One to nine and zero, and everything else is a combination of those numbers. You understand that. So, you know, once you start understanding mathematics, you will learn how to move mathematically correct because everything you see around you is based on a law's mathematics. The computers, the clothes, everything you see is based on mathematics. And this is why they keep you away from understanding mathematics. Because the more you understand mathematics, the more you're going to understand God, and the more you're going to understand yourself. 
There's so much uh, more things I could say, but I, I just want to just give you that little piece. You just have to keep studying your lessons and you have to get up, study your supreme mathematics. If, if y'all have it, if you don't, find somebody who has it. And so you can learn how to move mathematically correct every day so you know how to move. It's like a child taking steps, how to move. So you can have <laughs> friendship, good homes, and, and friendship in all walks of life. So you can have those things. Because based on what somebody says to me and based on their actions, I let them qualify or disqualify themselves whether they're going to be around me or not. Right? Because some of us, you know, today is Monday, right? And see, <laughs> about this knowledge of self, when you study it, Monday represents moon. Sunday represents the sun. They say they say Tuesday is what? We say the, the third day of the week, right? But Tuesday is named after Mars. And Mars is the what? It's the fourth planet. But Mercury represents Wednesday, but Wednesday is the first planet. You know, you get into this, you understand it. Mercury is 36 million miles from the sun. Venus is 6, 7 million, 200,000 miles from the sun. Mars is 1 in 40. You've got to study it. So you can understand everything, the science of life and everything around you. And that's all. I'm going to leave y'all with that. And I just wish y'all the best and I want the best for you. You just got to And it's there. That's all you got to do is put the time in. That's all. Put the time in. Salam, nigga. Alaykum salam. Praise be to Allah. So, man, we've been on here uh, two hours and almost 30 minutes. So I appreciate everybody who's been here from the very beginning. Again, we are on every morning. Matter of fact, if you all are listening on Facebook, you can go to brotherbenlinks.com, www.brotherbenlinks.com. I'm making it easy for you. That top link that you're going to see, if you just press it where it says, uh, text nation to this number to join on. If you press that link, it's going to open up your text messages and it's going to already have nation and you just got to hit send. So you go brotherbenlinks.com, hit the top button. It's going to pop. It's going to open up your text messages and then you just hit send and it's going to give you the zoom link and the passcode to join us every morning. And then right before class starts, uh, I text you all to let you guys know we're on. We're going to go over a lecture, uh, read a book, and then we always give our feedback. So um, that's what this is about. We've been doing this since the beginning of Ramadan. And God willing, man, our goal is to have over 100 people live with us on Zoom. We got close the other day. We got up to about 81 people, I think. So we had 20 more. We would meet our goal. So if you all don't mind sharing it with your friends and your family, somebody who you know just want to start their day off with a spiritual word, something that's going to be encouraging, inspiring, motivating, whatever the case may be. That's what the power call is for. So I thank you all for listening. I'll see you guys, God willing, in the morning. Assalamu alaikum.